Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well for sure. Um, We're still rejoicing in um, the overturn of Roe v. Wade and um, contemplating all that there is yet to do because there are going to be some some fights. And um, I think it's more than 10 states now that have abolished abortion altogether. Blessed be God. And um, we're going to have... We already have some violence and fights on our hands, but our Lord is worth it all. And every child that he creates in its mother's womb uh, has the same dignity and worth that we do from the very moment of conception. What a blessed freedom and glory it is to know that truth, not a matter of opinion. It is truth. And we had the gift of faith to believe it is amazing, but no one needs faith to believe that. That's been scientifically proved. I found an article, dear ones, on a cardinal um, who lived in um, the early 19th century, and he is blessed now. Uh, Blessed Cardinal Clemens August Graf von Gallen, um, not not having anything to do with the so-called Gallen Mafia today. He was known as, he was the Bishop of Munster in 1933 and held his office until his death uh, in 1946. And he was known as the Lion of Munster. And he lived during the time of the of the Nazi uh, uh, war and attack and atrocities. <clears throat> he opposed them, and he can show us how to oppose them in the, in the form of communism, even uh, in the name of American citizens today. He can teach us how to fight totalitarianism. This is a beautiful article on LifeSite News, and it says, Von Gallen did not preach revolution but rather resistance through faithful fulfillment of duty, love of country, and unshakable commitment to the truth. That's what we need, beloved. Not revolution, but resistance through faithful fulfillment of duty, love of country, and an unshakable commitment to the truth. The article reads, during his time, these are our marching orders, beloved, I believe this. During his time as Bishop of Munster, Gallen focused on encouraging the faithful entrusted to his care to live a truly Christian life. He aspired to be an example to them as Bishop with courage and determination. Aware of his responsibility to do so, he did not shy away from the threat of being discredited by the government. In his pastoral letters and sermons, he criticized the anti-Catholic ideology of national socialism and publicly spoke out against the crimes of the regime. Beloved, 
these are marching orders not only for us, but for every priest, for every bishop, for the Pope himself. This is an example by a Pope that preceded uh, our current Pope, and this is what we need and would beg our prelates to do today. Gallen was born at Dinklage Castle in Oldenburger, Munsterland, in 1878, and christened Clemens August. He was the 11th of 13 children of a devout Catholic family whose faith shaped their day-to-day life. They attended Holy Mass daily. Did you hear that, beloved? Thirteen children. They attended Holy Mass daily, and evening prayers were said together in the chapel of the castle. Von Gallen wrote about how his parents prayed the rosary together, had a half hour of meditation daily, and how his father always did a careful examination of conscience before going to bed. Dear ones, that's how children learn the faith. That's how they become saints, by the example of their parents and the life of faith lived at home. He said, our parents always gave us a superlative example of healthy, practical piety. And about his siblings, Von Gallen wrote, the most precious heritage they all received from our parents is an unshakable, strong Catholic faith and love for Holy Church, but also a generally serious view of life and an unusual degree of interest in and understanding of questions of public life, of the joys and sufferings of the church, the weal and woe of the people and of our country. And they have maintained this interest and understanding through life. If you want to know how to raise your children, how to teach them the faith in this day and age this is the answer you need to live it and teach them all they not to hide from reality but to live the truth within it um The article says the example set by his parents certainly laid the foundation for the bishop's virtuous character and outlook on life. He was very much aware of the importance of a good upbringing and education, and as a bishop, campaigned staunchly for the preservation of Catholic denominational schools. He knew that the foundations of a truly Christian attitude to life must be laid in the home and in the schools. In a pastoral letter from 1937, he admonished the parents of his diocese and said this, For it is your right and your duty to provide first and foremost for the instruction and education of the children entrusted to you by God. Schools are designed to help you accomplish this task. Therefore, it is your duty to send your children to schools that will guide and educate them in accordance with God's truth and command. And beloved, you know I agree with that. And I know I have begged you uh, for the sake of the very life and salvation of your children to get them out of the public schools and most Catholic schools if they are not truly Catholic. Do not send your child to a school that teaches um, 
um, what I want to say, the teacher's sex ed, um, and um, uh, gender ideology and all of that. Do not send them to a school like that. In 1896, Blessed Cardinal Gallen passed the German Arbiter at a grammar school, grammar school in Vecha, a neighboring town of Dinklage. In 1897, he began studying at the University of Freiburg. As a young student, he soon felt a vocation to the priesthood. And after reading the philosophy and theology in Innsbruck and Münster, was ordained a priest in Münster in 1904. His appointment as a priest was a position as cathedral vicar there. Beloved, um, don't you wish this is the, um, don't you wish this were the biography of your own, of your own children? Um, what a beautiful, beautiful home life and fruit of that home life. However, the article says, in 1906, von Gallen left the city to spend a total of 23 years in Berlin in pastoral work. He lived through the years of the First World War and the Weimar, uh, Weimar Republic there. In 1929, he returned to Münster as a parish priest and was ordained bishop on October 16, 1933, a few months after Adolf, Adolf Hitler had come to power. Just as von Gallen constantly reminded his faithful of their responsibilities, he also took his own Episcopal duties very seriously, neither through praise nor through fear. Neither through praise nor through fear. This was his, the heraldic, um, excuse me, heraldic motto of the Von Gallen family, and the blessed Cardinal lived by it faithfully all his life. Every bishop, every priest, if you're listening to this, should be your model, neither through praise nor through fear. Fear of God, yes. Fear of man, no. It continues in his first Easter pastoral letter in 1934, which was read from every pulpit in his diocese. Bishop von Gallen warned his faithful about the anti-Catholic ideologies of the Nazi regime. He pointed out the doctrines of the superiority of a particular race, the denial of sin, original sin, Revelation and the need for a redeemer, the denial of this, as well as the instrument, instrument, uh, I can't even say it, instrumentalization of religion as elements of such anti-Catholic tendencies. He's describing today, beloved, he's describing today, and every priest and bishop should model his life. There's the music for our break, dear ones. We'll be right back after the break, and our lines are wide open through this hour. You are welcome and invited to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts. From planned gifts to employer matches, we even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please, consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's 1-877-888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right, oh, I guess in the middle of an article um, on um, uh, Bishop von Gallen, um, who lived in the 1930s. He was born at the end of the 1800s and um, became a a priest, a cardinal, a bishop, and pope. And um, no, cardinal, He, he was not pope. And he wants to protect his children, his uh, spiritual children, during uh, the time that Adolf Hitler uh, came to power uh, against Nazism. And he was raised in a true Catholic home where his parents really lived the faith. And the children were taught by their example. Um, and he never ceased to warn his faithful of their responsibilities. Okay. Um, let me see. I'm going to continue here. He understood that this heresy that's of the, the Nazism, of totalitarianism... Uh, hold on, I'm going to do something here. Hold on. Okay. He understood 
that this heresy of the Nazi, of totalitarianism, would not only seriously endanger the salvation of souls, but would also, at the same time, represent an attack on coexistence, society, and culture. I think our Pope, our bishops, our priests would understand this today, that what is going on would seriously endanger the salvation of souls. At the same time, it represents an attack on coexistence, society, and culture. And they're doing really um, little or nothing about it. Uh, They're joining the evil. Or they're keeping silent on our end, which is um, the same thing. Um, the article in LifeSite goes on to say, with reference to the papal encyclical Caritate Christi, Cardinal Gallen wrote the following in a pastoral letter at Easter 1934. He said this, quote, Belief in God is in fact the indestructible foundation of every social order and every responsibility on earth. Therefore, all those who do not want anarchy and terror must do their utmost to ensure that the enemies of religion do not achieve the goal they so openly proclaim. For since all human authority must needs rest on the recognition of God as on the firm foundation of any civil order, those who would not have all things overturned and all laws abrogated must strive strenuously to prevent the enemies of religion from giving effect to the plans which they have so openly and so vehemently proclaimed. This could be written today, dear ones. Oh, that we had such a bishop today. Therefore, a bishop must not remain silent. Do you hear that? That's what this cardinal said. A bishop must not remain silent. We're in a church where priests who do not remain silent are canceled. Shame on our bishops, shame on our hierarchy. Therefore, a bishop must not remain silent when heresy and unbelief raise their heads. The words of St. Paul wrote to his disciple, the words that St. Paul wrote to his disciple Timothy are addressed to every bishop, quote, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. That's today, beloved. That is today. The hierarchy has gathered around them a great number of teachers to say what the hierarchy's itching ears want to hear. And what they want to hear is everything destructive of the faith and destructive of souls. Continuing to quote Paul to his son Timothy, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. 
we have a handful of bishops who have done that and who are doing that today. And we, I, I believe we have other good bishops who are not giving in to the evil, but they're silent. And um, silence is taken as complicity. Von Gallen rejected, this is Cardinal Von Gallen, rejected the false ideology of national socialism from the start. He condemned the increasing atrocities of the Nazi regime and it denounced the actions of the members of the government responsible for them. When mentally ill patients were taken away from hospitals and institutions and murdered, Von Gallen wrote to the provincial government to object and filed a complaint. He also accused the authorities of the arbitrary imprisonment of innocent Germans and the expropriation and expulsion of many religions. Bishop Gallen always emphasized the importance of faithfully fulfilling of one's duties to one's family at work within the community in order to serve God and the kingdom of God on earth, one's fellow human beings, the people, and the state. During the Nazi era, however, he urged the faithful to obey God more than the state. Von Gallen did not reject the state per se. He saw state power as necessary and instituted by God. However, the state as an authority must serve the well-being of the people and submit to God's commandments. And beloved, you know that's why the government was formed in this country, to serve the well-being of the people and submit to God's commandments. Today, the government attacks the people, destroys them, and does not submit to God's commandments. Quote, he wrote, For whenever the commands issued by a human authority contradict the will of God, as clearly known and witnessed in its own conscience, such an authority will cease to be God's servant. It will destroy its own dignity. It will lose its right to command. It will be abusing its power to reward and punish and wickedly seeking to debase the God-given liberty of the human personality, the image of God in man. I recall when churches were closed down on Sunday uh, because of COVID and, or, and the sacraments were denied the people. Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke said, no one has any right to do that, including the Pope himself. No one has any right to close a church on Sunday. Mass on Sunday and the sacraments is not a human invention, he said. It is a divine law. And no human being, including the Pope himself, no bishop, no priest, has the right to deny the people that. COVID was not the the reason for the uh, churches being shut down and the sacraments being denied. It was the weakness and the abandonment on the part of the bishops of God's uh, um, commandment for them of why they were ordained. The article in LifeSite on Bishop von Gallen continues, The dictatorial regimes of the 20th century have shown very clearly that injustice and iniquity are always associated with arbitrariness. Concerning this point, von Gallen said, 
None of us, even though he may know himself to be the most loyal, most conscientious citizen, even though he may know himself to be completely innocent, can be certain that he will not one day be taken out of his apartment, deprived of his liberty, and imprisoned in the cellars and concentration camps of the Gestapo, which is the secret state police. The above points to this points, this quote points to an important principle of Gallen's approach to resistance. Heresy, injustice, and persecution must be fought as soon as they are recognized. Beloved, this is so, so, so important. Not to weaken, not to come out. You, no one has to obey an evil command, either from a government or from the church. No one has to obey an evil command. If any bishop, if any priest, if any pope gives a command that is contrary to the teaching of the Catholic Church, we must not obey. Not that we have the freedom to not obey. We must not obey. And we must not take time. It must be fought and countered immediately. Heresy, injustice, and persecution must be fought as soon as they are recognized. Heresies must be fought because of their very existence and must not be tolerated. We have gotten so many calls on the issue of abortion uh, or emails or um, uh, so-called same-sex unions or marriages um, on uh, couples cohabitating together in a so-called second marriage. Um, uh, They must not be tolerated. We must not be tolerated. As soon as they are recognized, we must come against them and abandon them. The article says, if we all wait until we ourselves are directly affected by injustice, a disastrous ideology will already have been accepted by most of society, and it will usually be too late to avert the crimes that logically follow from it. Beloved, don't wait a moment. Don't, do not abandon the law of God. Do not resist it by obeying the law of God. Do not obey an evil command, no matter who it comes from. And if the Pope issues a command that confuses you because it seems to be against uh, uh, the doctrine of the church and scriptures, don't live in confusion. You have a catechism. You have the encyclicals of the Holy Fathers online if you don't have them in books. You have people to turn to immediately to find out, uh, to get clarity. If we all wait until we ourselves are directly affected by injustice, a disastrous ideology will already have been accepted by most of society, and it will usually be too late to avert the crimes that logically follow from it. Once a certain stage has been passed, even those who share the same ideology will no longer be protected from the arbitrary decisions and measures of an unjust state. We're almost at the end of this article, dear ones, and we'll, we'll um, uh, finish it um, when we come back from the break. Again, you're welcome to call in, dear ones, with anything on your heart. Toll free one 511 
1-800-273-5483 or email at mother at the station of com. You can text at the toll-free number as well. God bless you. We'll be right back. Relationships between men and women are so fundamentally important for the church and for the world that when there is a dysfunction in relationships between men and women, there are particularly fundamental, crucial problems for the church and for the world. Well, for example, when relationships between men and women aren't stable, they're no longer indissoluble, lifelong, then our society, our church, won't be stable either. That's Sermons for Everyday Living, weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. The Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic, has enriched my faith, consoled me during tough times, and made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our full half hour we have left and together, and our lines are wide open, and I invite you to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. You may text at that number as well, um, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We are reading an article by Cardinal Von Gallen, um, who lived in the... um, early 20th century, the early 1900s, um, who is, um, he's blessed now. Uh, He is a model for what every bishop should be, protecting his people from uh, error, from the Nazis at the time, and telling them how to live under that, and to resist every single evil, every single untruth. In 1941, we continue, 
almost at the end of the article, dear ones. In 1941, a 1941 sermon, Von Gallen gave a very specific answer to the question of how to ask, how to act when forced to deal with an unjust state. Dear ones, I bless God for this good um, cardinal because he's telling us how to live today in the midst of our unjust state. He said we must accept unreservedly and without compromise the truth that God has revealed and live our lives by it. We must make the divine commandments the guiding principle of our lives and take seriously the exhortation that is better it is better to die than to sin. In prayer and sincere penance... In prayer and sincere penance, we must beg for God's forgiveness and mercy upon us, upon our city, our country, and our beloved people. And in his case, the beloved German people. We cannot use arms against the enemy within who torment, um, the enemy within. We cannot use arms against the enemy within who torments and batters us. We only have one weapon left, to stand up, strong and tough, and to endure. Harden yourselves and stay strong. Oh, don't you wish, dear ones, that these were words coming from our Pope today, our bishops today. Don't you wish that? Harden yourselves and stay strong. At this moment, we are not the hammer, but the anvil. Others, most stra- mostly strangers and apostates, are hammering us. Want to use violence to reshape our people, ourselves, our youth, to bend them from their upright attitude towards God. I'm going to reread this. Harden yourselves and stay strong. At this moment, we are not the hammer. We are the anvil. Others, mostly strangers and apostates, are hammering us, want to use violence to reshape our people, ourselves, our youth, to bend them from their upright attitude toward God. We are the anvil, not the hammer. But look at the forge. Ask the blacksmith master and let him tell you, What is forged on the anvil is not only shaped by the hammer, but also by the anvil. The anvil cannot and does not have to strike back. It only needs to remain firm and unyielding. If it is sufficiently tough, firm, and unyielding, the anvil will usually last longer than the hammer. No matter how hard the hammer may strike, the anvil will stand there, solid, and immovable and will continue to serve for a long time to form what is newly forged. Cardinal von Gallen did not preach revolution, but rather resistance. Through faithful fulfillment of duty, love of country, and an unshakable commitment to the truth. I've been listening to Michael Voris on The Vortex, He is not preaching revolution. He's preaching resistance. I've been listening to Michael Matt of Remnant TV. He is not preaching revolution, but resistance. These two men and others like them are preaching exactly what Cardinal Von Gallen is saying, and they are right. 
They are not revolutionaries. They are not disrespectful. They are solid Catholics who are trying to help us to stand in the midst of this um, loss of faith. Cardinal Gallen considered the spread of the true Catholic faith and a life lived in constant awareness of one's own finiteness, aware of the fact that one day we will be called upon to render an account of our actions before God to be the best prerequisites for a fair and happy society and thus the safest protection against an unjust state. The blessed Cardinal von Gallen was aware of the risk he was taking in his public speeches and actions against the regime. As early as 1936, von Gallen issued guidelines for his diocese that were intended to guarantee the continued existence of church life in the event of his being arrested. Because of his reputation and popularity among the faithful, the authorities dared not harm von Gallen. Again, his phrase, neither through praise nor through fear. This was the Cardinal's motto, always trusting in God's help and the support of his faithful. Cardinal von Gallen remained a tower of strength despite the threats to his freedom and his life. Because of his courage and his unshakable steadfastness, he was later often described as the Lion of Munster. He never lost hope. He said, if we continue, if we remain faithful in our struggle, then the day will come when all this spirit, this iron will, now suppressed and condemned to silence, will reemerge. Truth and justice will be honored again, and we will once again be able as Christians to work on building a Christian Germany, and for us, a Christian society wherever we live. Stay true to the faith. Always fulfill your professional duties to the best of your knowledge and belief, no matter what the cost. If we as devout Catholics follow in the footsteps of Blessed Cardinal Gallen today, we too will be able to say with confidence in the last hours of our life, quote from Paul to Timothy, I fought the good fight, completed the run, and stayed true to the faith. Now the prize awaits me, the laurel wreath of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the great day of his return. End of article. Dear ones, um, we don't need any other words by which to live today. No other words than the words of this already blessed Cardinal von Gallen. And if you wish to read it, it is um, on LifeSite News uh, in the opinion section. I don't know why it's in the opinion section, but they may have had no other place to put it. Um, And it's uh, by the St. Boniface Institute. Um, It is just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, We are going to go now to uh, John and Kentucky. Um, uh, John, you called in recently, didn't you? Yes. I tried to call in as... Okay. I'm glad you're calling again. Uh, I'm beginning to recognize you. Hi. 
No, well, God bless you. um, um, That's wonderful. Um, You know, uh, I I called to give witness to people who are thinking about homeschooling their children. I agree with everything that you say, everything that you say about homeschooling. And I want want people to know that 20 plus years ago when I was living in California, we decided to homeschool our children. Mm-hmm. And there were people, no one was really encouraging us, but there were some people, even family members that thought, well, you know, maybe maybe you should go to jail. Oh, can you imagine, John? Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> and, and so here's my report. All of my children, and I have four, are very active in the Holy Catholic Church. Blessed be God. And uh, that, well, shoot, got emotional there. Yeah. Um, so I don't anyway, blame you. Anyway, do it. Don't take them out of the these yeah. schools. It's child Good. abuse. Good. The other thing that I wanted to say, and I, I guess I'm not even surprised by it, but personally, I haven't heard Pope Francis say anything about the Supreme Court. Um, overruling Roe v. Wade. I, I did hear Pope Francis talk about uh, Donald Trump uh, saying that, you know, if he's for building any kind of wall, he's not Christian. I'm so disappointed. I am so disappointed in the, the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. And for the Pope, not even to have one word. Have you heard him say anything? John... I have not. However, John, um, I am not surprised. I'm glad that you are. I'm glad that you still have a measure of faith and hope that our Pope would act as a Pope. But he is the spiritual leader of this one world order and of the so-called Great Reset. And the, the goal is to kill off the population and control the ones that are left. So Roe v. Wade is not in their favor. I know it's it's unthinkable that that he's gone that far, but he is the spiritual leader. They've even you might have seen it. The Vatican has um, um, what's the word? Uh, printed a coin. Um, there's a different word for printed. Um, but it's a coin from the Vatican, just as they did for Pachamama. They've now printed a coin showing someone vaccinating uh, an individual because he wants everyone to be vaccinated. The entire world, can you imagine a push on that so as to actually uh, print a coin uh, that will be distributed all over the world? that shows people being vaccinated. Um, He knows it's not a vaccine. He knows it's a pathogen. He knows it it is killing people. More people have died from the vaccine than have died from COVID. It's completely demonic, and the Pope wants it. So I'm not surprised that he hasn't said anything about Roe v. Wade. It's, it's, It's utterly tragic. Yeah, well... I don't, it's not, it didn't really surprise me. I never, I never thought in my lifetime, because I've been in this battle for decades. Mm -hmm. And, and I never thought that I would actually consider the Vatican an enemy. It's just, 
it's just unreal. <laughs> and I considered them an enemy. They would not like me, and they sure won't like you. They're not going to like any faithful Catholic. They're not going to like anyone who lives their faith. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded, John, of a statement by Frank Sheed, apologist of the last century, who said that the church is the cause of the holiness of its members. But its holiness is not measured by their response. You get it? So if we're holy, it's because of the church. But the church's holiness is not measured by those who defect from it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I, I, there was silence. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, no, yeah that's okay. It, 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 it makes total total sense. Yeah. I have rejected the USCCB. I don't want to hear anything out of them anymore. Neither do I. Neither do I. I. They need to be, oh, thank God. Yeah, I think they need to be disbanded, and Pope Benedict urged them not to even be formed. I'm with you all the way, my dear brother. God bless you, John. Again, we stick together, we live the faith, we resist every kind of evil, and we live the faith with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength. Bless you, dear John. We've got to go because there's the music for our break. We'll be back in just a moment, beloved. Hi, this is Jim Roy, president of the Station of the Cross. Thank you for helping us reach our 2022 Spring Appeal goal and take advantage of this amazing challenge gift opportunity. Because of your generosity, we received an additional $30,000 from one of our benefactors. If you enjoy our programming and have never donated, or if you were not able to donate during the Spring Appeal, please consider making a donation to help us meet additional needs that are not funded through our appeals, but will enhance our network. Your support will build on the success of our Spring Appeal and help our mission to make the greatest possible impact. To become a donor, call 1-877-711-8500 or go to thestationofthecross.com or use the donation page from your iCatholic Radio mobile app or return the envelope from one of our mailings. Thank you again for your generosity and for helping us to save the family. And may the Holy Family always guide and protect your family. God bless you. A prayer to the Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source, and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine, that thy will may be mine, and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine, since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back. <clears throat> oh, dear. Welcome back, beloved. If you're watching live... Um, our our um, our email just uh, clicked off, so we're we're trying to connect it again. Um, but you can hear at least the sound. Let me just see this. Um, well, again, we ha- <clears throat> this is our last segment, dear ones. We have um, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> ten minutes, and again, our lines are open, um, and you're welcome to call in with anything whatsoever. On your heart, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. <clears throat> um, we have an email from Philip. Um, actually, a, he, he had a comment on Facebook, uh, who said. Um, who asked, do you think that sin can be passed on from generation to generation? And then he says, Ezekiel says not. Um, I would say yes, uh, but I would have to read Ezekiel within context. And so, Philip, if you're listening, <clears throat> please uh, put the uh, reference from Ezekiel up on, on Facebook, and we'll see if we can... Uh, speak to that but absolutely yes let me see now um uh generational sins are a reality modern psychology uh says father hugh barber has largely validated the idea that many behaviors are passed on from generation to generation medicine has always known that this is the case with many bodily conditions this involves both good and bad Thus, it is clear that divine providence so governs human life as to include also the passing of both good and bad things from one generation to the next. Indeed, a foundational and essential Christian doctrine, the doctrine of original sin, is such a teaching. So there is nothing that would distinguish the Old and the New Testaments in this regard. The reason that we're all born into original sin is because the sin of Adam and Eve has been passed on for 6,000 years from generation to generation. And Father Chad Ripiger has a number of videos on generational sins. Father Hugh Barber says, simply under the New Testament, the means of overcoming and inheriting evil or of making the best use of an inherited good would be more powerful and effective. Perhaps it is for this reason that under the New Testament, we do not emphasize the generational aspect of human qualities as we might have without the helps and remedies we possess. Um, And Father Hugh says this, and this is important. He said, one thing is certain. Personal moral guilt cannot be inherited. Even if some of the effects of personal moral guilt, the effects can be inherited. You rightly point out that the text of John 9, 1, 3 does not rule out the, that's the blind man who people were accusing them that he's blind because of his sin or his parents' sin. 
John 9 does not rule out the possibility of a punishment being passed on from one generation to the next. Our Lord's teaching that it was for the glory of God that the man was born blind would have to be true, even if one reason for his blindness had been the punishment or correction of his parents. One can well imagine, for example, a child born with some defect because of his mother's unhealthy or immoral behavior during her pregnancy, overcoming this defect with courage so that God's work could be manifest in him through Christ. So if you'd like more on that, dear one, um, I'm reading an article um, on generational sins from catholic.com but absolutely sin can be passed on from generation to generation in fact it says so in the old testament and it is still passed on to this day and so you might uh, take a look at the passage of ezekiel and we can deal with that in its context <clears throat> Um, there's another comment on Facebook from Apollo. Hi, Apollo. Uh, am I so P-A-L-O? Um, he says, good morning, Mother. I hope you're well. I am, dear one. Thank you. What do you think about buying lottery numbers to contribute to a Catholic activity? I think it is fine because it is for a good cause. Thanks so much. I don't know, Apollo, if the church has spoken definitively on this. I am against it. Because, you know, we can, we can, uh, if we win the lottery, we put it to a good cause, but we are using an evil means to put it to a good cause. Um, the, um, the lottery is used for, in large measure, for public education, and public education is destroying our children. It is an evil situation. Um, so I'm not going to buy a ticket that's going to support an evil situation on the chance that I may w- win and and put it uh, to, to good. Should we do evil that good may come? Absolutely not. In fact, I'll, I'll mention at this point that we have not been able to sell the house that we were voted out of here in Beloit, Kansas. Um, we have put all our money in that, which is all our donors' money, and we've been offered two or three hundred thousand for it, but we put eight hundred thousand into it, and I cannot accept two three hundred thousand because I have a responsibility to our donors. Hold on, please. And so I did get an offer from one individual who offered to not only buy the house for the 800000 but to give us more so that we could move forward. Um, but this individual was not an upright individual. I, I learned who he was, and um, I, I learned that the, the situation of his wanting to give money was not a moral one. So I absolutely refused it. We could be in good standing. We could have the house sold for the 800. We could have probably a million in addition to that to move forward. But I refused every penny that he would want to give us. Um, We cannot do evil that good may come. So Apollo, I personally am against uh, buying a lottery ticket. Let's see now. Um, Um... 
We have an email from Rachel who says last week in responding to a listener's question regarding Bishop Barron's sending Bibles to a parish school in Nebraska, you stated that Bishop has taught error. Would you please explain? Yes, he has taught two things that are most outstanding in my mind, and I don't know what else he's taught, but he uh, is a proponent of the errant theology that hell is empty that no one's going to hell, that everyone will be saved, that hell is empty. Well, hell is not empty. We know from Scripture that at least Judas is in hell. It is absolutely not empty. Uh, it would be against uh, Our Lady's messages from Fatima that mo- more people go to hell for sins of impurity than anything else. So no, hell is not empty, and Bishop Barron teaches that. The other thing that he taught, which was a horror to my soul, when he was on um, um, Ben Snyder's program, and Ben, an Orthodox Jew who lives his faith uh, faithfully, he said to Bishop Snyder, um, I'm an Orthodox Jew, I keep the law the best I can, I do this, I do that, am I going to hell because I don't believe in Jesus? And Bishop Barron horrifyingly said, Oh, no, no, no. Um, Faith in Jesus. Jesus is the privileged way, not the necessary way, the privileged way. I am sick to my stomach to this day to hear Bishop Barron deny the faith to a Jew whose people gave the Messiah to the world. And he could care less about Ben Shapiro's soul or anyone else's soul. Um, It was a horror to me. I will uh, support Bishop Barron in absolutely nothing he does, says, or writes. There's the end of our program today, beloved. We'll be with you tomorrow, God willing. God bless you.